The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Maybe this will fall on my head and I can sue. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, chips, and dips. Nice. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we've got a lot of tech news to catch up on, and we take a new look at an old browser, good old Mozilla Firefox. Mozilla! But first, some news. News, news. I've got zero to rant about again. We've this been off weird. for a week. Yeah, you I know. I've been family very mellow. Things. Yeah, I got family things. I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. I do, I will say that I finally have gotten around to organizing my next viewing uh, binges. Uh-huh. And what's on deck? X-Files. X-Files is definitely on deck. Okay. Because you've scared me so much that I need to watch it You need it to next. see that episode. And Stranger Things, finally. Ah, okay. I am finally dipping a toe. Although, I'm up to the final season of Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Season four. That's a fantastic show, by the way. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever got into it. No, I've watched a few episodes. It's got a sort of Japanese anime style, and there's a lot. Of, and well, they had some Easter eggs uh, from oh it in gosh, uh, Force yeah. Awakens, I yeah. believe. Right? They actually had a lot of the Rogue One, uh, not a lot, but a couple of the Rogue One characters uh-huh. were in there because the timing was yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's back to back. Yeah. yeah, and it's canon. Yeah. So, and a lot of the stuff that came up in the Last Jedi, like. Pulling people out of hyperspace mm-hmm. and the, you know, the lack of fuel. Remember, yeah, it was yeah. like people freaked out about it. Yeah. It was in Star Wars Rebels. Folks. All right. So they put, so, so this whole, you can't run out of space gas. I'm like, well, they covered this. They back covered in the, it. They sure yeah. did. They, they covered it very thoroughly. In fact, almost every episode has a mention about how they have to fight for gas and yeah. you know, how, how fuel and all sorts of stuff. So I may have to write an apology to Ryan Johnson. All right. Because so. I actually watched Star Wars last weekend. Last oh, you watched the last Jedi again? Not this weekend, but the weekend before. And I liked it. You, you liked it better than your initial viewing, I, which I, you found a little bit off-putting? I did. You know what? I realized, because I watched it with my two kids. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't take them to see it in the theater because, for whatever reason. Well, it's like $75. Exactly. To exactly. So, you know, we waited. We watched it on, you know, Apple. and. Mm-hmm. I realized by their excitement, and we've talked about this before, it just really solidified what I've been saying all along, that it's not, this movie especially is not my Star Wars. And my kids were freaking out. They were jumping out of their chair freaking out. They were into everything. Well, it's, it's, it is sort of pushing the story forward. It's yeah. taking it out of the original trilogy. Right. There are some transitions, and just the fact that it's the Star Wars universe has just gotten bigger and more inclusive, and they're doing things right. technically that they couldn't do back in the seventies, so it looks better. Yeah, it, it kind of feels more, you know, Star Wars for everybody. Yeah, and they completely flipped out by that last scene with the little kid. Uh huh. Completely. Yeah. It was almost like passing the torch, and I realized. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Now it makes sense. So I'm sorry, Ryan Johnson. Sorry. So it was Boom Boom trying to make the broom jump now? Yes, he actually (laughs) is. No joke. He really is. Tell him to focus. (laughs) 
Anyway, I guess we got a lot of news, don't we? Yeah, we, we do because we were off. There were some things. Um, and even this week, uh, Spotify, the streaming music service loved by millions, yeah. uh, except for songwriters, right. went public this week with its initial public offering. Um, and to me, that follows Dropbox in the category of companies that have been around so long we've already thought they had their IPOs. Yeah, I but, have no but idea. this is new. Yeah, so, yeah. so they're they're out there now. And they're trading above their initial price off. Yeah, I think they'll have their little, uh, little you bump. know. Yeah, because they, they kind of go up and down, yeah. don't they, the first, you know. And with whatever's going on with tech stocks, too, these days, it's been kind of a rough ride with the markets and <coughs> Amazon things. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so so we'll, we'll wish them well. Yes, we will. Now, remember all the fuss back in 2005 when Steve Jobs announced that Apple was moving its Mac processors from the Motorola PowerPC to fancy new Intel, Intel chips? Intel, yes. It, caused, it was a kerfuffle, I think. It was. Uh, it seems like Apple could be cashing in its chips again and moving on, though this time to processors that it makes itself. Ah, well, that was always in the cards, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, because they, they, they already do that for their mobile stuff, you mm-hmm. know, the A9, the A10, whatever, the yeah. bionic chip. The bionic chip. Uh, so, so they've got a little bit of uh, experience in this area, but I guess they always had just gone to third-party suppliers for the chips in their Mac computers. Uh, But Bloomberg uh, reports that the project, which is codenamed Kalamata, could happen as soon as 2020, uh, even though it's still technically in the development stages and still, of course, Apple denying everything. It does free them up, too, for whatever Intel's own roadmap for processors. They just released a bunch this week, too, Uh, fresh new Intel processors, uh, the coffee-like and all of that. Going on, so Apple does not have to wait for Intel to crank out new chips to sort of announce its own upgrades if they're doing their own chips. So that could be a plus for them. Right, and they also can get away from the security issues. With yeah, yeah, chips, the, the whole Spectrum meltdown, yeah, exactly. and they can create their own security issues. Exactly. So uh, so even though it's unconfirmed, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, you know, I guess the end goal here is to make all of Apple's hardware mobile, desktop, laptop, whatever, all work seamlessly together. Um, but as we recall, there were some bumps, tears, and suddenly obsolete software uh, back in the PowerPC to yeah. Intel transition. Yep. So There might be the same. Might be the same. Gird your loins, folks. Yes, yeah, could be time for an upgrade. Yes, indeed. Apple also held an education event last week where it announced a new standard 9.7-inch iPad model that supports the Apple Pencil. I know you're a big fan of that, I'm, I'm the $100 white stick. Thrilled. Yeah, the iPad itself, I think, will have $299 education pricing uh, for adults and civilians, the, the 329 price point uh, for the low end. Right. Uh, the student models will get 200 gigabytes of storage for their projects, and uh, this new education initiative... Uh, also includes software for teachers like a digital frog dissection. Somebody tweeted a, a video of the software where you can use the Apple Pencil instead of a scalpel to dissect a virtual frog. I kind of like that because when I dissected frogs in school, it creeped me out. It, well, I, I actually was, got physically ill. It was gross. Well, A, there's these dead things on your yes, desk. Exactly. They smell Lots like formaldehyde. Yes, they do. Sometimes hijinks ensue where, you know, if you've got fifth graders do well, actually giving Sometimes. fifth graders scalpels is, is yeah, scary enough for one thing. Yeah. And then you got like a frog spleen going fly by your head you know, because somebody's like starting a guts war. Yes, um, a guts war. I like yeah. that. I like that. So, so and it's hard to do that virtually without throwing the whole tablets. So this could actually, I'm sure frogs are in favor of oh, this. Oh, yeah. Uh, the frog lobby is all for this. Yeah. So so that, that's some of the stuff Apple announced. You know, they had a thing in Chicago. There you go. Uh, but it makes you wonder, is it enough to grab the market back from Google? Chromebooks because I know Ooh. Chromebooks have made a huge entry oh, yeah. into the market and a lot of schools just use them as standard because you, you do get the laptop thing they can store their documents and everything online and the hardware is like the low end is 200 bucks for that so even though Apple dropped the price on this iPad to the lowest that a new iPad's probably ever been for the full size 
you can still get a Chromebook for cheaper and you get a real keyboard. And that's, See, that's exactly what I was just going to say. You nailed it right there. It's all about the keyboard. Yeah. All about the keyboard. And you know what? Let's be honest. The iPad is, you know, you could drop it. You could crack the screen. Yeah. With the Chromebook, okay, you know, if you drop it, maybe the case will crack me. Yeah. You know? I mean, you you feel like there's a little more because you have it in a bag. Yeah. And it's ah. usually it's folded. Clo- you know, so you do get a little right. more protection. Yeah. So. So, yeah, an excellent point because uh, kids do sometimes drop things on hard services. Yes, they do. A lot. Yeah, not not that adults don't either, but, you know, your little hands, you know, probably. And they're always sticky and greasy. Yeah. Kids' hands. iPads just go right out of there. They fly right out of there. Yeah, so, so so we'll see how Apple's new initiative does. The frog dissection software, though, is very, if you could, you know, if you're not squeamish, you just like, oh, that's actually a very realistic a video of a fry and you can interactive and you can did you see it yeah it, it's oh, uh, yeah I'm yeah it, it did bring back a lot of memories yeah. i went to a country high school where we had to cut up frogs and then we got to high school we had to do fetal pigs oh and then yeah rats. yeah i did not do the pig i i opted out of the pig i was like yeah you know what i'm out yeah it was uh, and after a while i was like i don't want to do this yeah. yeah but it's all if you're sort of on the science biology track it's yeah. like here take this apart so yeah i'm not into it no yeah. So uh, moving on to happier topics. Uh, less gross topics. Less gross topics. Yes. The Disney-owned sports network ESPN is launching its own streaming service called ESPN Plus next week. Oh, wow. The new subscription service will cost four ninety nine a month and give viewers streaming access to live sports, original content, and on-demand programming, maybe that game you missed. And as part of all of this, they are buffing up the ESPN app and sprucing up the website to make it redesigned and personalized Spruce, for sports fans. Sprucing and buffing. I like yes, it. Yes. Uh, it was a little kind of yeah. old look and had Just not aged well. Yes. Coincidentally or not, a new report from the Video Advertising Bureau finds the number of U.S. households using only over-the-top streaming services, um, your Roku's, your Apple TV's, your whatnot, to watch uh, TV programming and movies has nearly tripled in the past five years. Tripled? That translates to about 11% of all U.S. TV households in the cord-cutting camp. So even though it's tripled, it, it started out kind of small. Uh, but the, the cord-cutting uh, people are... Hey, it's gaining momentum. 11% now. Who knows where it could be uh, a few years from now. That's pretty good. We have more hacks and cracks to report. Hacks and cracks! Yes. Uh, Five million Saks Fifth Avenue and Lord & Taylor customers had their credit card numbers and debit card numbers and personal info swiped in a massive data breach. Wait, hacks and cracks at Saks? Uh, yes. Okay, fair enough. You can be a tabloid headline writer. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, the cybersecurity firm Gemini Advisory investigated the breach and offered some details uh, on its own website. Uh, it finds that this uh, seems to have happened um, around March 28th, 2018, uh, when the Joker Stash Hacking Syndicate, which is also known as Fin7, announced more than 5 million stolen credit and debit card numbers were for sale uh, in places where one sells this kind of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gemini estimates the cards were obtained from point-of-sale systems used for in-store purchases, mostly in New York and New Jersey, not online. And uh, these were on transactions made starting around uh, May 2017 to the present. The credit card data was reportedly stolen by uh, someone installing malicious software in the cash registers of the stores. Stores that have held out on upgrading their cash registers uh, to using only the you know the chip cards, the yep. EMV yep. Uh, chip cards, weren't as vulnerable. But apparently Saks and Lord and & Taylor had not upgraded their systems, and so they were all kind of in the mag stripe and not with the sort of digital. Oh. Uh, even if they had the chip cards, they could take them, but they hadn't uh, upgraded yeah, yeah, the back yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, uh, so what that means is thanks to a law passed in 2015 that mandated an update to the more secure chip card payment systems, 
the stores are liable for all the money lost due to the data breach and not the banks. Ouch. So that, that's going to hurt. Uh, yeah. And I imagine there might be some customer. Blowback? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Issues with that, too. And, of course, they, everyone does. Oh, yeah, we're going to get you, like, credit monitoring projection. Now that's sort of like the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. that you know, All your credit cards just got stolen. Wash yeah. your bills and we're going to get you some monitoring software. Yeah. And you know what? Department stores aren't doing that great nowadays. Yeah. Really? That's going to hurt. Yeah, and Saks Fifth Avenue is, is not your target there. There's probably some customers that had some coin to begin with if they're shopping there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so, so not good there. Nope. Um, and uh, while not quite as severe as credit card info getting stolen by hackers, uh, security researchers report that PaneraBread.com has been leaking millions of customer records for the past eight months. It was information uh, for those people, I guess, who signed up to order Panera food online ahead of time and, and you, know, you know, get it so you don't have to wait. Right. Uh, the data includes names, email, physical addresses, birthdays, and the last four digits of the customer's credit card number. Wow. So if you ordered uh, from Panera Bread, maybe watch your bills. Just, I don't think it was a full credit card number, but every little bit they get on you, you know? Oh, yeah. It just nicks away. Yes. uh, Speaking uh, of a casual approach to customer privacy and personal information, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg will be showing up to testify before the United States Congress soon, uh, even though he's apparently blowing off a similar request for an appearance in front of the British Parliament. Really? Maybe the Brits are mean or something. I, I was, he makes more money here in the U.S. Yeah. He, and they got more privacy stuff over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a, a tougher audience. And I think he was even waffling about going to the U.S. Congress, but he's decided he will. Hmm. If this is a guy who used to have a, a business card that said, I'm CEO, bitch, and he's wasn't yeah. out of going, you know, so you got to own that man and just get up there and, yep. you know, admit. But he's, he's been doing a round of interviews and trying to, you know explain Facebook's position and what they're going to do. We're going to have more transparency and all that. And he did a big interview with uh, Vox mm-hmm. uh, in the, the wake of the company's epic privacy fail with Cambridge Analytica and you know, throwing those you know worldwide voters into turmoil. Yeah, but what about that corporate email from that schmuck that was uh, saying that, uh, you know, some people got to die? Yeah. You know. But, yeah. You know. So, so, so it's, it's been, you know, a little problematic uh, there for Facebook. But so he gives this interview to Vox. And uh, one of his quotes uh, here was, uh, quote, I think we will dig through this hole, but it will take a few years. I wish I could solve all these issues in three months or six months, but I think the reality is that solving some of these questions is just going to take a longer period of time, mm. end quote. Wow. Yeah, so he's he's very, uh, I think he knows he's, you know. Yeah, he's screwed. Yeah, and I don't know, Europe, uh, Europe's going to have much stronger privacy protections going into effect in May. Facebook's already announced that they've changed their privacy settings and they're trying to put everything in one place instead of 17 places if you need to lock mm-hmm. down your account. Mm-hmm. There have been a number of people who've quit given the fact that they had more than a billion or even two billion people. I don't know how many will have to quit for it to be a problem. Yeah, I don't see it making a difference because I, I, I so want to quit. Yeah. But I realize I can't because, I mean, a lot of the promotional stuff I do for the shows and for mm-hmm. everything, I can't. So what my response is, I'm just purging everything. You're just showing cat videos. I just do cat videos now. Yeah. That's all I do. Cat videos and, you know, an occasional stupid joke. Yeah. That's it. No more personal information on there. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. It's just your cat tumbler. That's right. That's basically it. Well, we'll have a link to his full interview with Fox. Um, Facebook does... Facebook does plan to drop the ban hammer on companies uh, that want to target its users with ads without first obtaining the user's permission, though. As TechCrunch reports, 
Facebook will launch a certification tool that demands that marketers guarantee email addresses used for all ad targeting were rightfully attained. This new custom audiences certification tool was described by Facebook representatives to their marketing clients, according to two people who I guess were in on these discussions. Facebook will also prevent the sharing of custom audience data across its business accounts. So hmm. maybe little baby steps. Just baby little steps. Little baby steps. Yeah. Now, Google is working on a plan that could tap into a new chunk of the wireless radio wave spectrum that's being unlocked this year from exclusive control by the military. Mm. I guess, you know, the Navy had their own, you know, channels and they'd be doing stuff. But basically what's happening is Bloomberg reports the Citizens Broadband Radio Service, or CBRS, will soon be shared by the Navy, wireless carriers, and cable companies like Verizon and Comcast, as well as hospitals, oil refineries, sports stadiums, other places that need to have wireless communications. So all of this spectrum is getting released from exclusive military control. And what do you know? Here comes Google uh, coming over to help out with that. Uh, They've worked with some smaller companies to build databases and sensor systems that can switch users to different CBRS channels to avoid interference with military communications because you really don't want to get in the military's communication business. And all this could make mobile Internet access easier to get and potentially cheaper. Cool. And I think Google will probably get some money in there somewhere. I'm sure they will. So, so that's happening. Um, the U.S. government's tariff spat with China may be impacting rural America beyond pork and grain tariffs that could hurt farmers, because uh, we've been dealing, hearing about that a lot lately. The Wall Street Journal points out that potential new restrictions from the Federal Communications Commission on Chinese telecom company Huawei. Would we ever pronounce that right? Yeah, I think it's Huawei. Huawei, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it on the Somebody list. corrected me on, on, uh, on the socials. I think it's Huawei. Huawei, okay. Huawei. Yeah. Well, we'll go with it. Huawei. Yeah. So the FCC wants to crack down on Chinese telecom company Huawei, uh, but that could have an impact on rural internet providers and phone companies who have very limited budgets and need cheaper equipment uh, that the foreign companies sell. So the FCC just proposed a restriction on all small U.S. companies uh, that can normally tap into an $8.5 billion federal fund to pay for future purchases of telecom equipment. And so they're trying to get them to not give any money to the Chinese companies for that. The agency is now seeking public comment on the proposal, uh, and a lot of this is based on fears that Chinese products in the U.S. government systems, particularly telecommunications, uh, could be problematic. Yeah, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, a bipartisan congressional bill wants to prohibit carriers with any substantial amount of installed Chinese telecom equipment from getting federal government contracts. Wow. So th- this uh, trade uh, spat seems to be heating up. It's going to get worse, yeah. In many ways. Yep. Cloudflare just launched a new consumer product called 1.1.1.1. How many again? I don't know. That's a Anyway, it's a, uh, the Internet's fastest privacy-first consumer DNS service, uh, kind of in competition Ooh. with OpenDNS and Google DNS and those other alternative domain name systems you can use uh, nice. as your uh, internet directory. Nice. Cloudflare points out that by default, your ISP, every Wi-Fi network you've connected to, and your mobile network provider have a list of every site you visited while using them. Now, Cloudflare's DNS resolver, uh, which you can actually find at uh, https uh, colon slash slash 1.1.1.1, promises to wipe all logs of DNS queries after 24 hours. So we're saying... Come go through our system. We're not going to keep a record of where you've been after 24 hours. We're going to dump it. Uh, They announced this new service on April Fool's Day, so the company had to take pains to insist it was real. Remember when Gmail launched in 2004 on April Fool's Day, everyone thought it was, uh, you know, a whole gig of me. No, it's it's fake. But they say it's real, uh, and uh, we'll have a link to more information about it, including the company's blog post on it. 
But that brings us to the end, finally, of the week. Oh, yes? The annual April Fool's Day pranks by tech companies. <sighs> it was there's, April- only, there's only one site where we like their April Fool pranks. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, is it in there? I have I have some of their, their stuff nice, this year. Good. good, good, good. April Fool's Day fell on a Sunday this year, so there was not a lot of work hijinks no. uh, unless people were working the weekend. Exactly. But this year's roundup of uh, tech companies having a spot of fun include uh, Where's Waldo and Google Maps, which I think they actually... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, T-Mobile Sidekick's smart shoe phone where they took a... a pair of pink Converse high tops and sort of melded it with the Get Smart shoe phone, but a smartphone. I like that. 8-bit graphics for Pokemon Go. Uh, the Stack Overflow site had a duck-shaped virtual assistant called Quack Overflow. Uh, Logitech had the BS detector for video conference calls. It says BS is supposed to stand for business speak. Mm, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, Netflix also put out a press release saying it had acquired actor Seth Rogen. Now, our favorite, though, the nerd shopping site, Think Geek, yes. uh, had its Thank annual you. roundup of joke products. Um, this year's batch included an alien facehugger snorkel mask, a Bluetooth pet rock, and Rock'em Sock'em robots featuring plastic-punching Nikola Tesla versus Thomas Edison. That has to be made real. Yeah. That well, you can be. go on their site and vote yes, for the ones, folks, the prototypes that you want them to make to real. Listen to me closely. Tesla versus Edison now. Okay. Yes. That's all I'm saying. We'll, we'll have a link to the site if anyone yes, wants to vote. Please. And we'll have links to all the stories we talked about in uh, this week's news segment. You can find them at poptechjam.com. Up next, down memory lane with a little browser. Remember when Firefox came out in like 2004 and yes. everyone thought it was so cool and here was this groovy open source thing and it's faster and it's a lot more fun than Safari and Internet Explorer and... Everyone used it for a while, and people began to develop it, and it was one of the early ones that supported add-ons really right. well and has right. an add-on store. And then a few years ago, it just kind of got crufty and slow and bloated, taking up all your memory. Yep. Yeah, and people stopped using it. Google yep. Chrome kind of came up, clipped it on the outside rail. It and sure did. A lot of people, I think Chrome is the dominant browser now because a lot of people uh, who have switched to Windows 10 hate Edge, and so they will use another browser or they've gone back to Internet Explorer 11. I've never once used Edge. It, it opens by default if you're using Windows 10 uh, until you fix that. Mm-hmm. I fixed it. They, they've they tried to make it appealing. Oh, you can write on web pages. You can do this. And you can read ebooks in it. But a lot of people are like, no, I just, they either want the familiar Chrome or something. But Or they remember the horror, the security horror that was Internet Explorer. That's true. So, so Firefox kind of fell off the rails for a while. People were just not using it. Right. I kind of dumped it for a while Sorry, because yeah. it was just pokey and nasty. And mm-hmm. and so I think Mozilla realized that they were losing the affections of people. And so they went and completely, well, not completely, but they did a major code overhaul. They did. Uh, to the old Firefox code base and uh, polished it up and uh, renamed it Firefox Quantum. And that came out last fall. And it's, uh, it is faster. Uh, and it's uh, supposed to use less of the computer's memory than previous versions. Some people will quibble, I guess, to based on their systems. But I find that it does uh, take a lighter memory footprint. It is zippier. Yeah. And uh, it got a bit of a visual redesign. Like they've had that start page for a while, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. kind of retooled it for the Firefox Quantum. I guess you call it the new tab page, mm-hmm, technically. Mm-hmm. But you've got this sort of visual thing on there now, and it's a little bit more than what you get on Chrome with sort of like, you know, the eight little boxes of your recent sites. The Firefox new tab page displays icons for top sites you visit frequently or have used recently. 
You can have specific sites you want to pin to the page if you're always going to there and you just right-click on the little thumbnail and say pin this, or if you don't want it to be seen, you know, get rid of it. Right. So they've got some customizable options there. They are Firefox Bot Pocket or Mozilla Bot Pocket. Remember that sort of news suggesting mm-hmm. and yeah, saving yeah, yeah. service? I actually used it. Yeah, yeah, because they started to incorporate Pocket into the Firefox toolbar a few years back, and that annoyed some people, but Mm -hmm. other people liked it. But it's basically, you know, read for later. Yep. So Pocket is kind of in the mix here now, too, and they've got a recommended by Pocket section in the new tab page showing uh, trending stories, relevant stuff maybe to what you've been searching on. And so they've uh, kind of got that for the middle bar, and then there's a highlight section at the bottom of the new tab page. It uh, shows the site you recently browsed or bookmarked. All of this you can pin or unpin or get rid of or put stuff that you want in there. Cool. You can hide the entire sections yes. if you just want a fresh, clean browser. Yes, I do that myself. Yes, there's if you click the uh, traditional gear-shaped settings icon, you can get a little panel where you can just do it all at once right. and rearrange stuff. So, so it's actually got some some nice options if you kind of want to start your browsing experience with a set of basic sites and not have to be fumbling around. Again, you, you can use that or you can just go back and set a different site to be your homepage if you don't want to have the new tab page show you all of these things that's collected. So it's kind of a nice up, update. I've been using it for a while. Honestly, it is a very nice update. I, yeah. I, I, find, I find myself using it more than I had even a few months ago. So. Yeah. And, and Chrome has some lovely things. Chrome is a horrible memory hog, especially on the Mac. Oh, like yes. you look at when you look into the activity monitor, yeah. and especially you've got a lot of Chrome tabs open. Yep. And it's just slurping down all your processor. It really is. No joke. Yeah. And, and Firefox uh, is is not stopping there. Mozilla also put out a blog post this week where they are bringing uh, augmented and virtual reality to the browser experience. Uh, it's still very early and they're testing it there, but they've got a post on their company blog describing how they want to have a cross-platform browser for mixed reality it's open source, and so people can jump in there and help out. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to have it support uh, a lot of the, the basic AR and VR protocols. And they're also saying, oh, we respect your privacy. Firefox also has a lot of tools under the hood that you can customize it to uh, keep your information private. They also say this one's going to be fast, even though it's doing all these mixed realities. And, you know, they, they say, you know, it's going to be, you know, a futuristic browser. And there's a link. Um, we'll post a link to the blog post and then uh, which itself has links to uh, learning more about it. But it's kind of nice to see them, you know, come back from just sort of getting shoved out of the way by other browsers. It's like, no, wait a minute. We're going to, like, start basically from scratch and make this product be what it was again. And, and I'm, I'm kind of liking it. I, I, I'm, I give them all the props in the world. The problem is, though, you know, people get used to a certain app that they go to. It's part yeah. of their routine. It's muscle memory after a while. So yeah. it's going to be very difficult for people to go back. Yeah, to whatever to, they switch to. Yeah. And and we're, and we're not paid by the Mozilla Corporation oh, of course at all not. here. Uh, this is not. just casual thing. But To be and, blunt, I use Chrome almost exclusively. Yeah, and a lot of people are building web-based applications to work with Chrome. And if you use Google Docs, right. that works best with Chrome. Exactly. Chrome, I think, is still going to to be the, the market leader here. Yeah, no question. But it's nice to have a little option there I if you agree, want something 100%. different or if there's a certain set of things that you do that you just want to have a separate browser for. It's nice to have this as an alternative. Absolutely. Uh, Mac users have had Safari, which has gotten better over the years itself. Mm-hmm. It's added, you know, the video blocking and, and sort of the more ad filtering uh, tools too over the years. It's still Safari though, so you're kind of limited on Mac. Right. But uh, – 
But our browsers are marching forward, I guess, just like everything else. Yes. So, um, so I'm Inexorably gonna, forward. Yes. So, so I, for one, am going to be checking out the Mixed Reality Firefox. Yes, me too. And we'll have links to these posts and um, a little bit about the new things you can do with the new tab page. So and I guess that brings us to the end of the show. It does. It brings us to the end of another one. Yeah. So thank you, bros. Yes, thank you the, for hosting us. Please. Thank you very much. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros if you think it. They will build it. Yes, and thank you, listeners. Uh, we were off last week. We hope everyone had a uh, delightful week here. I guess there was a bit of snow recently yes. in the East Coast area, so we're still not out of winter yet. Not yet. Not but, yet. But uh, eventually. So until next week when we are back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. Yes, you are. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. And yes, you are. <laughs> You're smoking it out in the middle of the ring. And you have a hard life to the job. And Blue Bonnet Black is knocked off. And Black is knocked off? Sure, but you can press it right back on again. It's just part of the action with the world's only boxing robots, the Rock'em Sock'em Robots by Marks. Takes two managers to handle the fighters and lots of skill to win. With these control levers, you can keep your fighters in motion to duck punches. When you press this plunger, he throws a right uppercut. Press the other plunger and...